question. Hallelujah. All right, say with me, say in Jesus' name. Everybody, can you say that louder? Say in Jesus' name. I release myself and everything that concerns me from every self, people, and situational imposed limitations and excuses. In Jesus' name, I embrace my destiny of increase in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, I reject being broke. I will never be broke again in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I declare that all my needs have been supplied and I'm daily abounding in grace on every side. Increase is speaking in my life and the refuge house in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we are a thousand times more. Thanks be unto my Father God, who is always causing me to triumph in Christ Jesus. And it's making manifest through me the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ in every place. Glory, hallelujah. Shout it, say glory, hallelujah. Amen and amen. Please have your seat. You're welcome. Our convention is coming between 10 to 12 of November. Our combined service um, stroke Holy Ghost meeting, Holy Ghost stroke healing combined service is coming up on the 3rd of September. The design is out. Please ensure you are using it to invite people. Is that clear? Yeah. The word of God is the most important need in the life of a man. Partner with God to make it happen. Praise the Lord. All right. So make sure you're doing that. Then we're going to have a three days fasting um, before the program, which will be on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to prepare for the meeting. Uh, I think it will be the week after this. Praise the name of the Lord. Somebody say, God is a good God. Are you excited to in church this morning? Yes, say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to Lift your two and say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father speak, to me. speak to me. I want to encounter you encounter beyond hearing your word. I want to encounter you in Jesus' name. Do you expect to be changed this morning? I didn't hear everybody. What are you expecting when you hear the word? Are you expecting to be changed? Then kindly pay attention to what God will be saying so you can receive. Amen. All right. Um, we began to look at the series which we started two weeks ago on manifesting the greatness of God. Everybody say that after me. Say manifesting the greatness of God. I made a concluding statement in the first service. I'm going to repeat that and I'm going to pick up from that. Praise the Lord. All right. I said, write this down. I want you to get this clear. I said 
the origin of man is God's greatness and the destiny of man is God's greatness. Say with me, say my origin is the greatness of God and my destiny is the greatness of God. Can we say that like we believe that? Say my origin is the greatness of God. Say my destiny is the greatness of God. So that means you came from a great God with the intention to manifest his greatness through your life. Destiny is your destination. So you were not only produced from greatness, you were also destined to manifest greatness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say with me, say my destiny is to manifest greatness. Satan understood this very well. So what he did in the garden was to corrupt humanity through deception and also to corrupt humanity's understanding of what the greatness of God is all about in the life of man. Listen to me. I want to be sure as we begin to look at uh, the greatness of God revealed that, that you, the understanding you have about the greatness of God is not a corrupt version. Did you hear what I said? I, I've realized that many in the church, what we're expecting is what the world is expecting. In your mind, you want to be like another Elon Musk. In your mind, you want to be like another Bill Gates. In your mind, you want to be like, um, what's this guy's name? Is it Arnold? The number two guy who has a conglomerate of uh, uh, designers, wares, and stuff. Arnold Bernard or so. Is the number two world richest man. So you, you see a lot of Christians, that's what they quote. So in your mind, what, what you understand as greatness is to be able to acquire what they acquire, if not exactly, but something similar to what they have and to show. That's your understanding of greatness. But I'm telling you that what God had in mind is much bigger than that. It's different. But the problem is this. Jesus gave the illustration using the old wine and new wine. When you have drank from an old wine for a very long time and they give you a new wine, you will not want the new wine. You will say the old is what? Is better. I want to ask you a question. It's a rhetoric question. Who has defined your concept of greatness? What do you understand by greatness? Who has instructed you? Who has defined? Who has informed you? What is the motivation in your mind about greatness? There are two kinds of knowledge. There's the knowledge of God and there's the knowledge of men. And from where you were born to where you are right now, you've been indoctrinated, schooled through education and life on the knowledge of men. If you compare the knowledge of men we have to the knowledge of God we have, the ratio is very big. Many of you are more schooled in men than you are in God. So you're familiar with men. You're familiar with the things of men. You went to school. You were given certain concepts about life, which has informed your sense of identity as a man and as a woman, which has also framed your expectations for life. And usually, our first challenge, that's why strongholds 
primarily strongholds are not demonic. Strongholds are the lies that we have believed that are true. That's why the Bible calls them stronghold. They are called stronghold because they are attached to our mind and our experience. And they even take on the color of our thinking and we think it is what we want. No wonder, in spite of what men has achieved in terms of greatness, they are still frustrated. Can you understand what I'm saying? Let's borrow from one of the so-called people you idolize. Elon Musk, which is, according to the world standard, is the richest man. I read something on him in the, the paper the other day, on the news online the other day. He sold five of his mansions, sold them off. And he now currently live in a two-bedroom. How many bedrooms? Two what? In some of your head, greatness is being able to stay in 24 bedroom house with four living room, 12 vehicle. How you will maintain it is not in your head. The status symbol of materialism has sold you a lie and has infected your expectations about life that you don't even bother to know the corruption it has given to you. So you have attached greatness to what you look and what you can acquire. And Jesus demystified that and said that the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of things that he acquires. And yet that's the very thing that defines our sense and expectation. of the, No wonder we reject the greatness of God. No wonder the greatness of God doesn't appeal to us. Because Satan has so much bastardized our mind and feel, what is the number one reason people want to jackpot today? That's the new term now, jackpot. Is it not jackpot? What is jackpot? Jackpot means to leave your country, go to another country like a prodigal son and look for better things. Is that not so? Is that not so? Yeah, that, that's what the prodigal son, he jackpot. Unfortunately, jackpot didn't jackpot well. Everything he went to ended up. Is that not true? He jackpot, I told him, but I don't, I, I can't stay here anymore. I don't belong in this country anymore. This country doesn't like me. You forget that an antelope in Nigeria is also an antelope in America. Did you understand that? You, you don't change who you are just because you change location. Because what makes a man is not outside, it's within. What defies a man comes from how he thinks. And also what informs and frames what a man becomes also has to do with what is on his inside. There are some of you that are sitting here now. The only reason you came to church is because your sense of greatness is being measured by material things. So you believe you are great when you have some zeros in your account. You believe you are great when you live in a very big house, in a company of yourself. And meanwhile, there are those who have that and they still feel that something is still missing. Is that not so? Is it not so? Why, why, why do we idolize people now? All it takes to just wake up the insanity in a lot of young people's minds is just show a video of an occasion where somebody came and is spraying dollar and pounds the whole internet will go on fire. Say, see money, see money. What did they do for you? What did they happen to my life? You will use your mouth and finish yourself just because you saw an image that was, was, you know, that was transmitted to you about greatness. 
I'm going to show you two scriptures. When you read them, ask yourself a question. Because if you are looking for what to make you, what God has not ordained to make you, then you will never be made. Do you hear what I say? You know why some of you are not happy now? The reason you are not happy now was before you came to church, you check your account. And the money you have in your account is not very encouraging. Are, are you hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or some of you have some bills you want to pay, and the bills are pending, and, and you don't have the money to pay the bills yet, so you are very upset. Even though you came to church, the only reason you are looking at me, the way you are looking at me, is that God better do something very fast. Otherwise, only God knows what will happen. Am I lying? Yeah. Why do we think that way? It's because there's a corruption. A corruption that is trying to deny you and I from experiencing the true greatness of God that is destined for us. Say this with me again. Say my origin is greatness. Say my destiny is greatness. Oh, say it like you believe in that. Say my origin is greatness. My destiny is greatness. Listen to me. You cannot deal with a great God and not manifest as great. I hope you know God is a great God. Answer me. I hope you know God is a great God. When he showed up to a man called Abraham, he said to Abraham, Abraham, leave your father's house. As of that time, every man is defined by status in his father's house. Abraham was the oldest. So telling Abraham to leave his father's house is to leave everything that defines him according to human standard. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Or oh, you don't know? You, you, you know the fight people fight now over property now? Huh? You understand that? All this, what they fight in the name of property and all that. Then God comes and leave it. Leave it. He said, go to a place I will show you. Now watch this. If God had said, I want you to leave Rumodara and go to Obibo, according to the understanding of man, there will be some level of security. And you know, we all believe that we, are, we owe everybody explanation in this life. Is that not so? Because if somebody comes to you and say, why you they come up for your papa house? God said, make a come out. Okay. God said, make you come out. God. God. Only you see him. Or only you hear him. Okay, let's assume he talked to you. So when he tell you, say, make you go, he said he go tell me. Wait, excuse me. He go tell you. And now what did he tell me? He said, make her leave. He said, make you leave where you know. Leave where you grow. Leave where you settle. Then may you go where he go tell you. So how you know where you go? He said, he go tell me. He go tell you. If you were Abraham's friend, what would you say? No, no. What, what, because I, I need to run you through this so you won't appreciate the greatness that has been offered to you in Christ. If you were Abraham's father, or uh, you know, his father didn't want him to live anyway. Because Abraham's uh, uh, foundation was idolatry. They were into idolatry. Father was a heavy native doctor. That's the practical way of putting it. So Abraham's legacy was to carry the mantle of native doctor to the next generation. And his father was a very wealthy man in terms of human standard. Now, telling Abraham to leave all that 
means walk away from what looks like is yours inheritance-wise, position-wise, power-wise, your name, what defines you, walk away from it and follow me to where I will show you. Wait, how many of you will obey that kind of thing? How many of you will not tell God, tell God get thee behind Get thee behind me. This cannot be you. My God cannot call me from something to nothing. Is that how I will say it now? My God cannot call me from something to nothing. This cannot be God. Not be you. God, not be you to talk. Say, in Jesus' name, I bind you. God says, it's me, and I don't bind me. Say, no, not be you. I know what you are. Not be you. You know they talk like this. How can you lead, take me from something and lead me to nothing? You are supposed to take me from nothing to something. Who told you God is taking you from nothing, something to nothing? It's your corruption. Please, can I say this? We all have been deceived to an extent. You see the America you see and the UK you see. Do you know they have poverty there? Or oh, you don't know? Okay, let me show you. Do you know they have bachelor there too? Oh, you don't know? What you see on the internet and television is the good part. It's like somebody brings you to a city... Eh? And that takes you only to the GRA side. Like somebody said, you have mainland, island, side land, outside land. <laughs> so when you come, they show you island. And you now go to Banana Island. You see all the nice land. They don't take you to a Bejo. Some of you don't even know where that one is anyway. Eh? Oworoshoki. Then somebody said, if you reach there, from that place to your house, you will go to Ogu State and come back. They will not show you that place. So in their documentaries, they only show you those fine places. Even in the internet. Even if they have advertised the city for you, come to America. Come to Dubai. They show you the fine place. Ah, say, Chey. This place is final. Come to India. They'll not show you. Come to South Africa. They take you to Cape Town, Durban, and all those, Pretoria, Johannesburg, those places. You forget that there are some, there are some, um, how do you call that place in Lagos? Ajegule. Uh, thank you. There are, there, no, okay, let's use product. Abonima side. There's Abonima, Wharf, that, all those, all those areas there, creeks. They have those, but they will not show you that. They, they want to create an image in your mind that what makes them is only the fine place. So by doing that, they will not sell you a dream. A dream that is based on what they want you to believe. So in your, your head, your coconut head, you will not feel, I can't make it in Nigeria anymore. My success is London. Meanwhile, you don't fail for you. You fail, you fail, fail where here? You don't feel hold anything here. So you think if you cannot hold anything here, you're going to hold it in London, have you? <laughs> Listen, I'm going to show you two scriptures to expose to you and I the deception and the corruption of greatness that we have embraced. And allow the word of God to renew your mind into the greatness you've been born into. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me go back to Abraham. God defined greatness 
from him. From who? Let me show that. Go to Genesis 12. Put it on the screen. Genesis chapter 12. God defined greatness. Every reference to greatness that has nothing to do with God is not greatness. It looks like greatness, but it is not greatness. And I'll show you the emptiness of that. Please hear me. We are now beginning to define our greatness from the tools that God has given to us. That's what we're now using to define greatness. What did he say to Abraham? Number one, now the Lord had said unto Abraham, get thee out of your country. Your country is your birthplace. It's like you're saying your village, where you were born, your hometown. They know you for there. All right? And from your king's men, your townsmen, which is your kindred, when they know you, you know, when you go to your village, hey, you don't come, how far? Hey, you don't come again, eh? Sure, you'll come again, I go come. That's what defines people, country and kindred. Watch this. And from your, it gets personal. Not just your country, not just your kindred, but from where? Your father's, and is the eldest son. Is the what? Is the eldest son. Leave your papa house. That means leave your inheritance, your entitlement. You, do you understand? It's like one of the elders that in the land that just died, the son is now the next, whatever, is that telling the son, everything your papa get, leave her. You say, for this Nigeria, never happened. <laughs> Are you still with me? But, but I want you to follow what God is trying to teach us. Leave! Because if you don't leave me, you can't find God. If everything you know and what defines you, I want you to understand the application of this principle. It says, and leave your father's house unto a land. A land means, you notice he didn't call it any name. All the places he, Abraham was coming from had a name. His country's name was called Haran. It was from uh, the kindred. I've forgotten this, one of the names, the uh, exact line. When I remember, I'll get it, I'll tell you. The kindred he was used to. His father's house was known. Abraham's father was very wealthy. He was very influential, so he was known. He had notoriety, he was influential and all that. They said, walk away from that, then go watch. God is telling you to leave what is familiar, what has name, what has, what is, okay, let's borrow Twitter. What is trending? God said, leave what is trending, what's buzzing, what they will show on all newspaper, CNN and all the news and everything, then go to a land. Can I ask you a question? What is a land? Eh? A land is a place. Does the place not have a name? Are you with me? Does the place not have a location? How can I leave what has a name to what does not have a name? How can I leave country, kindred, leave father's house? Those are names. I don't know. Are they not names? Then go to a land. What is a land? No sleeping. No. What is a land? A nameless 
placeless, hein? kindredless. What, what, what's the way God describes this new place that he's taking Abraham to? A land that I will I'll show you. <laughs> A land. So, you never even show me. <laughs> I don't know where it is. <laughs> but it's a land, though. It's what? It's a land, though. It's a land. Is it not a land? Where is the land? Where is the place? What is the name? I will show you. Yes, very good. You got it. The name of the land is, I will show you. The place of the land is, I will show you. The location is what? I will show you. So leave father's country, father kindred, to a place of I will show you. Some of you are getting it. Go to verse 2. Go to verse 2. What did he say? Now watch this. God now says, if you will go to the land of I will show you, let me tell you what I'm going to offer you. Are you ready with this? I will... I will. Who is I will? God. So in this land of I will show you, I want to call it the land of greatness. Everybody say the land of greatness. In this land of greatness, it is God that makes the people who go there. You didn't hear what I said. Who makes it? I will make you. I will make of you a word. A great in this land of I will show you <laughs> I will I will I will the first I will that means God says I'm going to be personally responsible for what you become in that place did you understand that from what your father gave you from what your country gave you from what your kindred gave you I will take you to a land where I will be the person that determines what you become in that land. And many of us are too attached to our country, our kindred, and our father's house that we are rejecting the land of I will show you. What did God say I will do again? I will bless thee. Do you, did God, is God sharing what he will do to you with anybody? He uses the pronoun for himself. I will make of thee a great nation. Why? Because I, God, I am great. Anything that comes from me has a destiny of what? Greatness. Do you get that? Are you seeing it? Very good. Now go to the next one. I will bless thee. So in this land of I will show you, God says, I will be responsible for blessing you. And can I say this? The blessings of God is not just, it's not material things. It has material manifestation, but the blessing is not material things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is where the corruption has to start coming out of our head. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and added no sorrow. So, God is a spirit. So, the blessing is a spiritual force of grace. So what God was putting on Abraham was that you are going to experience grace from me called blessing. 
as I take you to the land of I will show you, I will make you great, then, <coughs> excuse me, I will bless you. How do I know that blessing is not physical? It's more powerful than what you see. The blessing is a spiritual force of grace. When Abraham had given birth to Isaac, listen, oh, and he wanted, and you know the mistake he made with Hagar. You remember the story very well. All right? And God had promised that the legacy of the seed of the woman, which will lead to Christ eventually, will come through the progeny of Isaac, through the ancestry line of Isaac. Now, when Abraham was about to die, listen, the Bible said he called all the concubines, called all his servants, and the scripture said he gave them gave them everything. He gave them everything. It's in the Bible. Then he now called Isaac. Listen. And laid hands on Isaac. And he poured everything that he had. He gave all of them stuff. But he gave Isaac the blessing. Not stuff. The blessing. In other words, he was saying, Isaac, what made me me. And what made everything about me is God. And there's a reason for it. It's called the blessing. As my son, I pass the same legacy to you. What make me will make you. What bless me will bless you. And Isaac received it and understood it. And if you watch, if you look at the life of Isaac and Abraham, you will see mirror experiences. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Like for instance, in Genesis 26, a famine came. Famine means there was shortage. There was not enough. Fuel prices went to 2,000 naira a liter. Let me use something you can relate with. Huh? Everything went off, off the roof. Everything was expensive. And usually, when things are tough, the natural human response is to jackpa. Is that not so? Let's say, I'm not going to make up for you. I don't talk on. I'm not saying I'm a mistake. Now they take bomb me here. You know, look, I look like American. I look at my body now. I know says that. Then, then when they go to a they say, hello, it doesn't even suit your mouth. Start to talk, you know, oh, oh, yeah, man. You are like a ridiculous version of yourself. Because you're trying to be what you're not. Then you not blame and insult God for allowing them to give birth to you in Nigeria. Do you think you are a mistake in Nigeria? Say this with this, I'm not a mistake. You will only call yourself a mistake if your definition of greatness is corrupt. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So there was a famine in the land and everybody was jackparing to Egypt. Egypt was the America then. Everybody, Egypt was the America. If you want, oh boy, you will die for you. Find your way, go there. Did you not see um, some boys they saw that was on the, that's what they call the ruler of a ship. What, what stirs the big ship? They jumped on it. Nigerian boys. For two weeks, in the sea, 
When the steering will go left, they will go left. When you go right, they will go right. They, 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 were on, so they were drinking their peace until they saw them. What level of jacquarism is that one? What are you looking for? Because there are some of you, and let me say this. Anything your mind has concluded against your life will never work for you. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As long as you say Nigeria is useless, even if God comes to visit you, it won't change. Because you've defined what you will be from Nigeria. And greatness from God doesn't define you by location. This is the wisdom God was teaching Abraham. Your greatness comes from me. And your destiny of greatness comes from me. That's why I said, I will make you. I will bless you. I will make you great and I will bless you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So when, when people were jacquarying, God spoke to, see, part of the legacy of greatness that was given to Isaac was the ability to hear God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The ability to do what? To hear the creator. The ability of communion, covenant with the creator. And from that covenant, God spoke to Isaac, do not leave this place. Your prosperity is not in a location. Your prosperity is me. If I tell you stay here, stay there. So while everybody was jacquarying, what did he do? He stayed. And God spoke to him. He said, this same barrenness, people are calling barren, barren, barren. I want you to plant in this land that people are running away from and they don't want to plant. And the Bible said, Isaac sowed in the same year of famine. What happened? He ripped a hundredfold and he grew until he became very great. Was it the land that made him great? Answer me now. Because the problem of some of you, America and Europe is your idol. It is the God you now worship. It's the one that will now make you great because it will offer to you on the altar dollars and pounds daily. But without you realizing that you have rejected God, you are falling for the greed of the love of money. Not money, love of money. Greed, that's what you want. And once you fall for that greed, you have rejected what God wants to do in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? What God wants to do in your life. You rejected it. So he said, I will make of thee a great nation because in the land of I will show you, it is God that make you and it is God that blesses you. And not only does God bless you, he said, I will make your name great and thou shalt be. Thou shalt be a blessing. So it will not just be about you, it will be through you. Hello? Two scriptures I said I'll show you that will help you appreciate the greatness of God. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Go to First Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6. I want us to appreciate the greatness. When we say the revelation of God's greatness is his nature 
and his act. I want you to understand it. Because if you don't, if you don't understand it, you, you will be judging greatness from your environment. You'll be judging greatness from what, in some of your mind, there are some, maybe your colleagues in the class or, or mates in school, you, you feel they have a better life than you because of the school they went to or because of the country they traveled to. And today, social media doesn't even help because anybody can post any picture, forgetting that maybe somebody may have taken it in the studio. Somebody may just look for background and deceive you. Have you not seen one skit of a guy that was jollofing with his friend, then the wife traveled somewhere and now called, you know, and when he called, his friends, they now arranged the background to look. He was in, in, the, in the bad drink, bad joint drinking. You know. They now arranged the background to make it look like he was lying in the bedroom. Hey, honey, how are you? I'm missing you. I'm very And I said, okay, it's okay. I'll soon be back. I'll soon be back. That's what they're doing to us now. People just deceiving you and sending lies to you. May your understanding wake up in Jesus' name to begin to appreciate God and his word in your life in Jesus' name. Alright, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 7. Two scriptures that will expose the vanity of the corruption of greatness as defined by man. Are we there? Are you ready for this? Two scriptures. Number one, one to go. For we brought... Oh, everybody read it. I want you to read it. Uh-huh. When you were coming, did you bring boxer? Did you see anybody they gave birth to that was wearing Agbada? As you land there, see Agbada? Or you were wearing suit or you were wearing joggers? Did, were you born with clothes? Answer me now. When you came, did you come fully gouged up. How did you come? We brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing. Have you seen anybody dead as he was dying? Where my land property? Bring up, bring up. He held it in his hand like this. After he dies, they will remove it from the hand. Is that not so? There was one that very wicked man. While he was alive, one of the things he was known for was a wicked man. And while he was dying, it was part of the sickness plus the wickedness that was killing him. He was sitting there, he said, see that, see that Mr. Adif said, may you beat him, may you make sure say you deal with that. If they die, you see they tell his son, make him punish person. That's how few types of people are. You are dying, you are still, tell, as you are going, say, say no, deal with him, as you say, as do I pass as I do him. You say, so you hear me? <laughs> they hear me. As a miserable man. You didn't bring anything here. This old thing that is making us do all the shakara that we are doing, all this nonsense we are doing that is making us look restless. Some of you now, the reason you cannot have peace is because of things. The reason you can't sleep well is because of things. The reason you can't even be thankful that you are alive and that you even woke up from the sleep is because of things. The pursuit, the acquiring of things. Things, things, things. Everybody say things. Yes. Shout it. Say things. Yes. Uh -huh. Things, things. Things, things. Things. A thing is the name of a person, place. 
or things. Have you seen also? Things. The reason for jealousy, things. Is it not? This is for jealousy. The reason to rob people is what? Things. The reason somebody look at somebody and will be envious and want to go and rob or kidnap is what? It's things. Money. And because when they want the money, they want the money so that they can buy things. Is it not things? It's things. It's called the love of money. Things. But can I remind you, the scripture says, we brought nothing into this world. So everything you met, I want to ask you another question. Who, who kept them in this world? Answer me now. Who? Very good. Did God put them here so that it cannot become the reason why you came here? Huh? No. God kept them here because there's a bigger purpose or a greater purpose to your life. That's why he brought you here. Why will you not come here and become entangled? Let me show you another. Go to um, that St. Timothy. Let me show you something there. Are we, are, are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Um, I think this First Timothy, when he says entangled himself, Are we there? All right, let me see. Let me, let me show you something. Um, I'm trying to get that scripture where it says, uh, in this world, if you, uh, you end up pleasing the one who sent you. I think it's in. Hallelujah. Okay, and it should be Second Timothy. Entangle it himself. If you guys are reading your Bible, you'd have known this thing. Though. Second Timothy, yes, chapter two, verse four. Go there. Second Timothy, chapter two, verse four. Second Timothy, you need to get all this thing cleared into your system so you understand what greatness is. You see, when people come to church, they don't pay attention to the word. Why? Because of what things. Is it not things? There are some of you are here now. What is in your mind? Is that meeting you want to go by 2 o'clock? Where you're not going to sit down with your friend and you will not be gisting um, matters concerning the village and family. And now some of you will now make a petition to go and make a case to the chief and the governor, government of how they will bring some things so that your family too will benefit from inside. Is that not so? And at the end of the day, what they will share with your family will be like 50K. How much? 50K. 50K. That's why all the energy, all the headache, everything. 50, 50K. Then you come to church, your mind will not settle down. You won't listen. You go out, you urinate 200 times. You can't listen. You can't focus. You'll be in church, you'll be chatting. Because of things. What did he say, everybody? Let's read it. 
No man that worried entangled himself with the affairs of this life. There are, this, this scripture is very rich. Number one, it means life is war. Everybody say life is war. The moment you're born into this world, you're born into a war. Before you got born again, you are disadvantaged in the war. But the moment you get born again, you become advantaged. It's not so because you now have the support and the place of Christ in your life. Now, life is a war. This world that we came, that we brought nothing into this world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a war. And now that we have come into this world, you now get entangled with the things that you did not bring. What would they do to you? It will affect the focus of the one who chose you before you came. That means before you were born, you were chosen to be a soldier, to come and stand and fight in this war on behalf of the kingdom of God on this world. But you don't know that. Everything about your life, the heart will blow. And the corruption with that is that you allow what drives the world to drive you. The second scripture I want to show you is 1 John chapter 2. Go there. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Are you learning something this morning? Are you learning something this morning? 1 John chapter 2. We brought nothing into this world. So how come the things we brought, we didn't bring, is what is not defining our goodness. The things didn't bring us home. We didn't bring the things, and the things didn't bring us. Is that not so? We, the, we, we didn't bring the things, we brought nothing, and the things did not bring us. Because the only thing that could define us should have the supremacy of bringing us into this world. But it didn't bring us, but yet we look up to them to define who we are. Today, when you say how important somebody is, you cannot define that importance without attachment to what? To things. Are we there? First John chapter 2. If you're there, say amen. Verse, first John chapter 2. Lord, we have worship. First John chapter 2 from verse 15. Are we there? If you are there, say, I am there. Say, Lord, open my eyes to see. Get up from your seat. Go to like three people. Go to like three people. Tell the person, say, tell the person, say, let your eyes be open. Let your eyes be open. Hallelujah. Yeah, please be seated. The reason some of you are even sleeping in church is because of things. Things. Either you were watching a movie, is that not so? Or you were gisting with somebody till one o'clock, forgetting that if you don't rest where, when you come to church, it will, uh, it will affect you. The, the wisdom way to dealing with exhaustion during service is to make sure you go to bed on time and shut down on activity. So you wake up on time. Things. Everybody say things. things. Everybody say things, things, things. things. 
some of you, the, the, the things that is defining people now is mobile phone through the internet. Some of you can't live without your phone. If, if they take some of your phone away from some of you in one day, they will admit you in the hospital. That's how attached you are to it. Just, just, let's just take it away from you. One, only one day. The way you will talk is like somebody who is getting a panic attack. Where is my phone? Huh? It's not a person is asking for his phone. Where is my phone? Who see my phone? Who take my phone? Who touch my phone? Who carry my phone? That's how bad it is. That's how entangled we are now. That's how entangled we are. You must keep the balance of divinity in your heart at all times and be sure. Listen and listen to me. Your Christianity will always have an issue if you don't separate the line between things and God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Leave things where they are and follow God. Otherwise, brothers and sisters, you will have a hitch. First John 2. Can we read verse 15 together? What did he say? Love. This word that we brought nothing into. What did he say we should do? Love. Not what does love mean? Don't be fond of, don't have an affection. Love not the world, neither the things that you didn't bring and that you met here, neither the things that are what in the world. In the world. Why did he tell us that? If any man loved the world, the love of the father. What is God telling us? You cannot love God and things at the same time. Your husband is a thing. Your wife is a thing. Your children is a thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your job is a thing. Market is a thing. Business is a thing. Did God say you shouldn't have things? No, he didn't say that. What did he say you shouldn't do to things? Love them. When you love things, what will happen to you? Your love of God will be affected. Because you cannot love God. You were not wired to love God and things. You were wired to love God alone. And if you direct that love for God for things, you will not love God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? No wonder the interests of many Christians are sick today. Why is it sick? They are not in love with God. They are in love with things. You see, those things God has allowed you by his grace to come into, whether it's an inheritance or a good job, is not defining you, your sense of... You now feel that you are advantaged to a point where you cannot tell other people how they should live and deal with you. That's the corruption of loving things. Loving position, loving title, loving privileges. Oh, I'm a minister now. Your being a minister doesn't make you better than your fellow human beings. It's only in your head. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Or you work in a company and they not make you manager. The way your own manager is, is crazy. You just believe as a manager you are better than every other human being. You are no manager because you are better. You are manager because they gave you responsibilities. Is that not so? That's what it is. But if you love it, it corrupts your heart. 
Because if you love the word and the things that are in the world, what does it mean to love the world? It means to love the system. What does it mean to love the things? It means to love the properties. The system of the world is full of attraction. It's full of things that can lure you. A friend of mine calls this blink blink. Some of you now, the reason you are not happy now is that you and that your classmate that left the same school how many years ago has gotten married like you. But the husband now takes her for vacation in Paris, in, uh, in London. In fact, and, and the funny thing that this is your friend always has a way of sending you a picture when they are vacationing. She says, see, see. Whether the wife slapped her after that, you don't know. Or the husband slapped her after, you don't know. You like the image. You like that. Then, then after you have watched that picture, and you have now become a lover of things and pleasure, then the day your husband will just walk in, you just look your man. Look calm. You just, the man will just, in the, head, in the, the man doesn't even know what is going on. Look calm. See what the person married. See what the person married. The what I do. Say, no, nothing, nothing, don't worry. I just didn't look you. <laughs> do you know that's the reason why many marriages have problems today? Because they borrowed nonsense from somewhere and they're not trying to... They, you will watch something on the television, leave it in the TV. Some of you know you, will know, you will carry the thing from TV, bring it into your life and spoil your life. So yourself, your papa not buy bicycle. Why not so trek with the trek? <laughs> eh? As you see me, the wakaso are good for your eye. Look at all my mates. They get some, some, some they even get motorcycle. If you get motorcycle, they will get something when they move. Use even bicycle, you not get. Since I married you, 10 years with a trek, with a trek till tomorrow. You know your problem. It's not your husband, no. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Your problem is not your husband. Your problem is you are a lover of the world and the things of the world. Does it mean you shouldn't have it? No. It's not a bad thing. You love them, and if you love them, it will corrupt you. Nothing will make, because even when your husband buy a car, I say, in a car you buy. People, they buy ride, you they buy car. But now Camry, Camry, now Camry, now, oh wait, now your mate, you know they sit in one pastor, they ride for church, now Camry, right? You, you will not drag me into your problem. Your mate, now, cam, the camera they write, wait, the camera, they, they sit down the person when they're kissing. They, 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 they write you, they write, I bet, come out. Let me tell you one problem. Listen, let me tell you one of the deception of loving the world and the things of the world. You will never be satisfied. Number one. Number two, you will never be grateful. You'll never be grateful. My wife used to tell me a story of a, a, a young girl when she was in campus. She used to go out with all these 419 guys because she started going out with them early and they were buying expensive things for her. They didn't know they were spoiling her for her husband. You are in year two. You already have taste. Are you crazy? Taste of who? Who they sponsor? Your papa and mama? Say, no, no, there's some shoes I don't wear. In year two, there are some shoes. I had clothes I was wearing in my secondary school. I was still wearing them when I was in year two, some to year three. 
If I not tell you, you no go know. What should I tell you? What's your business? Most of my year one clothes, majority of them were clothes I was using from my secondary school. And some of them was from Okrika. What you call Bedan Boutique Select. You won't know. I own a poor blue. It go shine. Did I go to school to do fashion display? Is that what you went to school for? Is it not to go and get a degree in five years and get out of that place? Some of you have become elders there. You have become uh, models there. You, have, you are now, you have just said, now they have added iPhone to it. It's now a status thing. Say, say which one? Say you get say which one. <laughs> see your phone. <laughs> say, I, I don't want to call any manufacturer. I don't want anybody to write to me. You now call one name. Say, hey, that one. That Chinese will be that one, huh? So, the one I get, if they follow me talk, I they follow I talk. If I just say hello, the phone will say hi. Your problem is you are a lover of the world and the things that are in the And they've even brought it to church. Say, I don't go, ah, the church, my church, they get AC. What of our church? We get fan. Ah, on our sweat for the <laughs> That's how bad it has become. So when I sit down, I'm saying, eh? So your church get AC. Say, now, wow. That means nobody go to sweat. Say, yes, so get one position I get. But you enter there, you sleep. So for six months, you've been sleeping in church. That's all you do. What have you learned? And they sleep. If you love the word and the things of the word, that's what happens. Your love for God will, your love for God will go cold. You won't like to pray anymore. You won't like to read your Bible anymore. And once your prayer light and fire goes down, guess what will happen? You start, uh, what do you call it? Gossip becomes very easy. Walking in the flesh becomes easy. You, start, you are not high on strife. High on division and high on quarreling. That's all you do. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. For all that is in the world, Bible summarizes it for you. I know you think it's America, it's UK, but let, Bible says, let me tell you what it is. All that you have in this world, whether it's America, whether it's Europe, whether it's Asia, whether it's Australia, or can you talk to tap that young man? If you sleep, let him go behind you. All that is in the world, what is it? What does the Bible say? All that is in the world, what is it? Stand close to him so if he sleeps, you tap him. All that is, what is all that is in the world? What is it? Do you know what the lust of the flesh is? Let me break it for you. What you see is Range Rover. What you see is house. What you see is money. What you see is fine clothes. What you see is this. Watch this. God said, that's not what you are seeing. That's what you think you are seeing. When you love the world, the reason you love the world is because there is a virus software that has entered your mind and is giving you a, a deceptive pic that's what, picture of what is not there. You didn't hear what I said. Because that's not how God made it all. God made the world, put the things there, and plant man there so that man will fulfill a purpose. But when you now love the world and the things that are in the world, it shows that something has changed the way God wants you to see it. And those something that has changed it is called the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride. Can I tell you, 
everything that the Bible describes under that three things has to do with the way you see and the way you relate. Are you understanding me? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is corruption. And every corruption is based on deception. Do you know what deception is? A lie. And all lies comes from who? Satan. He is the father of lies. That's who he is. That's who he is. So what it does is that once you love the world and the things that are in the world, it is proof that you have been deceived by Satan. And as a proof that you have been deceived, his deception has put three software inside you, inside your heart. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Everything you do and see and relate with is not based on lust. And what is lust? The word lust means forbidding or unhealthy desire. What is forbidding? It means something that will not help you, something that can destroy you, something that will not add to your value and your progress in life. That's what a lust is. Now, when that lust enters your flesh and takes over your body expectation, because there are some of you now, you know, I don't, I can't wait, it's too cheap. Before you use the word cheap, make sure say you feel affordable. Because what may be cheap to you may not be cheap for another one person. The use of the term cheap is very relative. Affordability is the word key. If what your means can afford a thing, that's okay. If you cannot afford it, you don't, that's my policy. Anything I know if you afford, I don't need them. Did you hear what I said? When I was growing up as a bachelor, because if for you to go for it, it means that a loss is in your heart. When I was a bachelor, I didn't have all those cable television. Even some of them, I've even shut some of them down now because it doesn't make sense anymore. Because what some of you don't understand is that when, one of the best ways to handle farming is to cut down on unnecessary expenses. Some of you, it, even if they, you don't work out, you don't go somewhere. Just, you don't get up, they go. Where you they go? Say that they call me. Who call you? Say, they don't call your name. Or just, you are going somewhere. Now, you don't just move. You, you sit down and you now plan your movement. Because by the time you remember that a liter of where is how much you will, you will, you will recalibrate and you now so you know, not be like that now. All of a sudden, the sense will now enter your head. Then the number of times you run generator, you will, you will not do it again. All of a sudden, you see, darkness is not that bad, sir. Everywhere we are quiet. <laughs> Everywhere we just calm. See, all don't know is what they do before. You know, they, nobody they like calm. Everywhere we just calm. You know, we just quiet. Everywhere we just relax. You are getting some sense now. Be. The lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father. Those things, listen, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of is a corruption from Satan that makes people love the world and the things that are in the world. It's a psychology Satan sells to you. 
And that psychology has been programmed into the world system. And the way they live, the way they show you things on television, the way people do, is to transmit the lust of the flesh to you, the lust of the eyes and the pride. So you can start getting entangled to the things of this world. I need to hit this because when we enter greatness, your understanding must be right. Go to the next verse. What did he say? Go to the next verse. And the world, aha, so this world you are, you brought nothing into, it will pass away one day. This old thing, all this one that all the yellow monks and all the big people have, they, they will pass away. There's a one, one of the billionaires who died, um, what's his name? The Apple founder, what's that his name again? Steve Job, thank you. Steve Job died of cancer. And let me tell you this. If there was any treatment, he wasn't a believer. That's the saddest part. If there was any treatment for cancer, do you think he would not have been able to afford it? Before he died, he wasn't in general hospital. The hospital came to his house. So he had standby doctors of the best, nurses, medical paramedics, that were attending to him every day as they were administering different types of treatment for him. He, didn't, he was too wealthy to go to the hospital. So they, they brought the hospital to him. There were doctors all that. But unfortunately, there are some realities of life that exposes the vanities of the things of this world. Maybe if I had gone to Christ, all he would have taken was just one simple prayer and you would get healed. That's all. The world passes away and the lost, that thing that is making you love it and the things of the world will also pass. But he that doeth the will of God, of God, not of man, of God, abideth forever. He that life, it's about knowing and doing the will of God. That's the one some of you have least attention. Bible study, you will not come. You're busy chasing things. Things that will run and leave you very soon. Chasing them all over the place. You don't have time. You don't have time. You don't have time. You don't have time. Go around here, go here, around here, go here. No, I didn't go see my papa. Hey, I didn't go see my mama. Hey, I didn't go see my brother. If it's at the expense of the world, let me tell you now, you are making a stupid venture. Because those things, it's only a matter of time. They will do what? So, if this is what defines your concept of greatness, then you don't know biblical greatness. Rise up by your feet. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I think some of us need to do some repenting this morning. I didn't say God doesn't want you to have things. What did the scripture say? Love not the world. Not the things that are some of you, husband and wife, they are now, the reason they are quarreling and fighting is over things. They, they cannot have a scriptural angle. Okay, we may not have this, but we give God praise. He's providing for us. 
the man will not hide money from the husband, and the wife knows she has money, he will hide it from the husband. Make a liver every time I do good. May he suffer small too. So when he suffer, you know go suffer too. That's what the, the love of the world and the things of the world makes us corrupt. We don't act like God. When I sometimes I go to places and ah, and, and, and you just see people parading themselves based on stuff. Based on stuff. As if the car that they ride, when they want to sleep, they will carry it inside their bedroom and, and make pillow for them to sleep by the car. There was a man that bought a new car. In the middle of the night, just got up, jumped up. What is it? What is it? What is it? He now ran to the park. He ran to the park uh, where he parked the car. Ah, he now saw the car. It's like he dreamt that the car disappeared. They now carry pillow and this thing. He now made it by the side of the car and slept there. Is that not stupid? But that's not the way some of us are. We have made our pillow and our bed by things. We, we can't even flow in the joy of the Holy Ghost because we're thinking about stuff. You can't be happy because you are thinking about things. You come to church, you can't focus because you are thinking of things. Or you have been worked up with things. Even when you come to church, you can't focus. I want you to open your mind and pray. Say, Lord, give, grant me an encounter with you today. Open your mind and pray that simple prayer. Grant me an encounter with you today. Mandoski Kepuradeshko Pradina Suskeladina Sekuriya Telaha. Tell him, Lord, the Bible says, Whatever God has 